Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. We still do not have my regular co-host. Uh, she had a bad night of sleep. This this um, this little stomach bug that's going around is um, is really affecting a lot of people. Um, the more and more I talk about it, the more and more people are saying, "Oh yeah, my family had it last week or the week before." So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a uh, it's pretty crappy. Right, Everly? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got my uh, special guest host back, though. Um, and she's actually going to read us... Um, well, you know what? I have no idea what day it is or the weather. Would you be able to fill us in on that information? Yeah. Today is Tuesday, June the 4th. 14th, I think. No, right. Uh, did I mess up? There's a 1-4. 14th. No, T. Okay, I'm going to show you on my phone. It's going to say, what's that say? 14. That's just don't. That, I know. That's just my horrible penmanship. 14th. Yeah, 14th. Yeah, it's the 14th, I promise you. That's just my penmanship. As you were. Today is the 14th, 2022. What's the weather looking like today? <clears throat> rainy. Really rainy? I heard it's going to be like rain like all day in the Edmonton area. Um, what's the high, the temperature? The weather today will be a high of 15 degrees and lots of rain. Oh, my goodness. Close your windows, people. It's going to be a wet one. So you're walking yourself to school, right? Because I am not walking you out in that weather. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're in the comments here on the live show. Um, we got a couple good mornings for you. Good morning, Everly. Um, <clears throat> what are we going to talk about today? I suppose I could let everybody know that's, that's tuning in for the first time um, listening to recordings that uh, we're broadcasting live on the Podbean app. We do a live show every morning. Every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., your mom and dad typically hop on here and we talk live for an hour every morning. And the cool thing is, is that anyone who joins the live conversation through the Podbean app um, can click the call in button, just like your normal like radio morning show on the radio. And they can call in and talk about real estate. They can ask questions about real estate and we answer them for free every morning. So you know that mom and dad were, were real estate investing coaches. We help people do this all the time. And we also have a free show every morning where people can tune in and get free coaching. That's pretty dope, eh? Mm-mm. No? So she's, not, she's not impressed by us. <laughs> uh, like my favorite artist says, that don't impress me much. Right? You a big Shania Twain fan? No? Okay. Crowd. 
Um, okay, so yeah, we got lots of good mornings in the chat today. Um, <clears throat> we have a question immediately. We have a question right away. Yeah. And it's from a listener named Lauren. Not sure who that is. We'll figure that out. Do you know a Lauren? Your sister. My, my sister. Okay. Uh, the question from Lauren is: I get uh, we get our house on Thursday. If there's been a lot of rain and say there was a leak or water getting somewhere before we move in, what should be done? Send the realtor to check the property for water. It's vacant. Okay. So typically, <clears throat> what a good realtor will do is uh, on possession day, they will walk through the property with you to ensure that the property is received as it was advertised. So you just want to make sure that when you get the keys and you walk in there, that you don't have a bunch of water leaking in the basement. Um, that would be the, if there was repairs responsible, that would be the responsibility of the, of the seller. Uh, unless of course it was like, yeah. Anyways, if it were like cleanup repairs, then they would be like there was water coming in. And they were they'd be responsible for any um, repairs of like the drywall or the baseboards or the carpet that's damaged. If there were cracks in the foundation, I mean that's obviously your responsibility um, because you did a home inspection and you were satisfied with the with the inspection. So, a bit of a complicated answer, but. Um, have your realtor walk through it uh, with you um, uh, when you get possession, just to make sure that uh, everything is, is there. You also want to make sure that uh, any atta attached or unattached appliances or, or goods are there as well. You want to make sure that the washer and dryer is there, the one that you made an offer on. Um, it would be very easy for a seller to have these brand new you know, washer and dryers. And then the day before, you know, they come in and they swap it out with a couple crappy ones. So you want to make sure that everything is there. Um, that, uh, that, that you, that, that was intended. Does that make sense? Everly? Um, yeah. Okay. So we also had a couple other questions. Um, but I want to talk about, um, the upcoming advanced workshop we have coming up. Have I told you about that workshop? I haven't told you? June 26th? Don't just frown at me, kid. I don't know. You don't know? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. So on June 26th, we have um, a full-day advanced real estate investing workshop coming up. And what we're going to do is we are going to... We're going to teach other investors how to build a brand for their real estate investment business. Okay. How long? Hmm? How long? How long? It'd be about eight hours. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting a glare right now because anytime that there's anything longer than an hour, Everly has to sit around and wait. Um, well, I'm hoping that you'll have maybe a friend around or something like that. Maybe your aunt will be around and you can go hang out with her and your cousin. Yes, big smiles, big smiles. See, again, we are on radio, so you have to speak. They cannot they cannot hear your facial. Um, emotions. Okay. Um, so anyways, June 26th, we're going to teach you how to build a real estate investment brand. Now, why would someone want to know, like, what the heck does that even mean? Why would someone want to build, want to know how to build a brand for their business? Well, brand is trust, right? And what do I say? Trust is everything. Okay. 
in this mm-hmm. game, if someone doesn't trust you, they will not do business with you. Okay. <clears throat> For example, you walk up to some house, you say, Hey, I'd like to buy your house. And they say, Oh, who the, who the heck are you? And you say, I'm, I'm Jim and I buy houses. Mm-hmm. Well, show me your website. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't have a website, but here's my business card. Right. They were like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to hire a realtor. Oh, no, but like I could save you lots and lots and lots of money on, and you don't even need to pay a realtor. And uh, I can close fast and I've got cash. What does that even mean? Where's the cash? In your car? In in a briefcase? They're not going to believe you because they don't trust you. Who the fuck are you? Who are you? That's one. I know. Who? But seriously, who are you? Right? Same thing goes for, um, uh, you know, you're reaching out to uh, friends and family. <clears throat> hey, um, cousin um, uh, Arabelle. Hi, cousin Arabelle. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've, I don't know if you heard, but um, I, I've got, I'm, I'm buying rental properties now. And uh, I'm thinking about buying a rental property. Uh, and I'm looking for someone to partner with me. And Arabelle looks at you and goes, you're buying rental properties? Since when? Uh, well, since like last, um, uh, earlier this year, you're buying rental properties? Why? So like, what do you mean you're looking for partners? Oh, you know, just looking for someone who wants to bring the money and qualify for the mortgage and, uh, and I'll take care of everything else. Don't worry about it. What's Arabelle going to say? She'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? Why would it, how much money? Well, like $100,000, $100,000. Arabelle's going to be thinking to herself, like, hang on a second. I'm pretty sure that you and I just went out drinking last weekend and you got blackout drunk and I had to carry your ass home. Right. And now you're telling me, and you haven't had a job for the last six months. And now you're telling me you're a real estate investor now and you want me to give you $100,000 and you want me to, sorry, buy the property? Yeah, well, you 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 put your name on title, you buy it, you get the mortgage, and then we'll just sign this thing called the joint venture agreement, which says I get 50% of it and I'll take care of everything else. Okay, well, who takes care of the tenants? Oh, well, I have a great property management company and that just comes with the cash flow. Cash flow? What the hell is cash flow? I'm like, wait a second. You're not even going to be managing the property? Yeah, I've, I've got a property manager. They take care of that. But I manage the manager. Okay, so like what 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 do you do? Well, like I, I manage the manager and I, I'm an expert. Do you think that Arabelle would do a deal with you, Everly? Abs- Sorry, I can't hear you. No, no, absolutely not. Why? Because she doesn't trust you. She likes you. She's a great friend. She'll go drink and blackout drunk with you. But I know you don't drink. That's okay. No. I know. About hmm. What? You gotta go? No. Are you still mad about the weather? No. What? Oh, the fact that it's gonna be an eight hour advanced course? No. Well, what? She's not my friend. She's my cousin. Oh, I'm not talking about you. I just used her name as an example. Yeah. Anyways, Arbel's just sitting there like 
completely confused. She likes you as a friend, right? She likes you as a cousin. Cousin, She trusts you, right? She'll trust you with all of her secrets that she'll never tell anyone else. But does she trust you enough to invest $100,000 with you and to get a mortgage? Does she trust and have enough assurance that you're the type of person that she can trust, like that she can give her money to and know that it's going to be safe? Well, that's what building a brand is all about. It's not building some stupid little logo on a website. It's about establishing trust with everyone in your circle. It's, it's, it's establishing a reputation that when someone says your name, they know exactly who the hell you are. I almost said fuck. You said how. I said it anyways, though, so you can count that one. It's all about making sure that you are well-known in the community, in the real estate investing community, and you're also well-known, you know, in your family and in your inside your, your inner circles as the real estate guy or girl. Because what you want is you want people to see some video or to see some YouTube video or Instagram or whichever, or hear it on a podcast that real estate investing is a good idea. And who's the first person they're going to call you because you're the girl, you're the guy, you're the one that knows everything about it and they trust you or they've been watching your social media for so long now that they see that you've done all these deals. They're like, well, wait a second. I want to do this. Teach me how to do it. And then Arbel is going to be like, well, that all sounds really good, but Honestly, with my new job and my family and everything else, I just don't have the time. But could I like partner with you instead and then you do all the work? Why, yes, Arabelle, we can. Right? That's what you want. You want your cousins and your friends and your family and your coworkers to come to you asking to get involved with your deals as opposed to you going out to them saying, I've got this amazing opportunity. You sound like an idiot. And don't get me wrong, sometimes it works. Sometimes people say yes, but it's a real pain in the butt trying to get, trying to, con, to, sounds sure, trying to convince people to invest with you. I will never convince someone to invest with me. If I have to convince them, then it's not worth my time. Then they are not a good lead. I would much rather establish trust and a reputation as the fucking guy. Now that's a swear word. The guy in the industry, the guy in the family that everybody wants to partner with because they trust me. I don't have to t- like, you know what I love Everly? I love it when people ask questions like, uh, well, like what happens if the tenant doesn't pay or like what happens if you don't do a good job or what happens if the market goes down or what happens if there's a leak in the basement? Who's responsible for that? Or what happens if we run out of money? Who, who, who takes care of that? Or what happens if I want to sell or get out early? All those questions, when people ask me those questions, like because joint venture prospects are, are asking them that, what I tell everyone is that no one ever asked me those questions. They don't. Nobody ever asked me any of those dumb what if questions because they trust your you mom and I. Dumb. That's not a bad word. Five. But Five. nobody ever asked those questions to your mom or I because they know us, they trust us. Right? And that's because we've built a reputable brand as experts. 
That's because we've literally worked on this for the last six years. From the moment we made the decision that we were going to build a solid brand that people trust and people knew. That's literally all we've been doing ever since. We have not asked anyone for any money. In some cases we have, but we've already established a trust with them. It was an easy ask. And that's another thing too. If you do get to a point where you do need to make an ask, it's significantly easier because you've already established it. You ever watch baseball? No. You know how baseball works? They throw a ball and then they hit it. Yeah, it's very famous soccer. Yeah. But normally when they throw the ball, they throw it overhand and they throw it really fast. It's kind of hard to hit that ball with a stick. But then there's sometimes when people throw it underhand, they go like this, kind of like the little kids. And they, 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 they hold it down at their knee and they just lift it up in the air really slowly. Really, really easy to hit. That's what it's like when you've got a reputable brand. It's they like... can just throw it like up really, really high. It's exactly. It's like mom and dad are throwing you a really nice soft throw that's just really easy to hit. That's what having a reputable brand is like when you're trying to find joint venture partners. Have I played baseball? What's that? Have I played baseball? I don't think you have. But we, we can in the future when you're ready. Maybe this summer. But anyways, that's what we're going to be teaching on June 26th. I know it's a long course, Everly. It's long for you, but for everyone that's listening, it's a full day course. It's a full day workshop. They've been getting nothing but one and two hour webinars. Finally, they're getting a full day workshop where we're going to go dive. We're going to dive deep into exactly what it's all about. We're going to answer questions and we're going to do down here. You can absolutely stay down here. Heck, you can even come on the video. It's going to be online as well. So we don't, we don't have to go anywhere. Just like everybody else, they can stay in their pajama pants. As long as you just put a nice shirt on. Nobody wants to look at your pajama shirts. If you're on the video there. You can put your pajama pants on. Half the time I'm in pajama pants, to be honest. Nobody can see it though. <laughs> but it's going to be online so people can watch the video. They can ask questions. And they can learn all about how to make it easy. Right? All about how to get underhand opportunities. That actually sounded a little... Okay, there's a kid here. I'm going to leave that one alone. But it's all about creating opportunities, right? And that's not just joint venture partners. You know, I use the example of wholesaling and assignments. When you go and you talk to a seller and you're trying to get a good deal. You know? Brand is 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 so much more than social media. It's so much more than websites. It's It's... it's it's establishing yourself. Um, it's developing yourself into the person that you need to become in order for opportunities to come to you. For example, if you show up to a meeting in your pajama pants and pajama shirt, how is someone going to take? How is someone going to um, receive you? Not very well. They're not going to take you seriously. But if you show up dressed nicely, then they will. If your car is out front and it's and it's clean then they will respect you. If you show up with a crappy car, they're going to judge you as soon as they see your crappy car outside. If you show up with a nice car, they're going to think that you're serious. He must have done this before. Right? If you have a good solid business card. Pardon me? I'm not listening. That's okay. I'm just talking to the people that are listening. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I'm almost done. 
I'm just talking, I'm, I'm talking hypothetically so people can get um, a, a visual imagery of, of, of how this can benefit, right? As well, when you show up to a networking event, who gravitates towards you? So when you walk into a room, does someone come to you or do you go to them? You go to them. Absolutely not. Everybody comes to me. Absolutely not. I do not walk up to anyone. You want to know why? Because people come to me. And that's not cocky. That's just confidence. When I walk into a networking event, I don't have to go and walk up to people because people walk up to me because they want to talk to me. Right. That's the kind of that's 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 what you're trying to develop into is the type of person where people will walk up to you and want to know what you're working on. Right. And want to know how they can get in, get involved and they want to know, hey. I got a question for you. Right. How many times do we get people coming up to us? Have you ever been to a networking event with us? A couple times. People coming up to us asking questions. Hey, I got, it's got a quick question for you being known as that type of person, as the one that people have been waiting to go and speak to, to get the question answered. That is power, that is influence. And that's built off of trust that you've already established. And it takes time, and we're gonna show you how to do that. June 26th, anyways. Um, does that all make sense to you, Everly? No. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but you know what, it's gonna make sense to adults. Hopefully, if you're willing to learn and you're willing to, you know, be vulnerable and, and, and to and to change, to develop yourself into a better person that will attract opportunities. June 26th, full day event. Uh, the event link is there um, in the show notes. Also, you can find it on, well, anywhere. It's everywhere. I've got 50 new messages I need to go through. Let's see what everybody is saying. Okay. Well, I'm just skimming through really quickly. I do have a couple shows, uh, sorry, a couple um, questions to answer today. Um, did you have any questions that you, or anything that you wanted to talk about, Everly? Mm. Hmm. No? Okay. Um, I heard that mom has to go into the city today. She's still feeling a little under the weather. It was more so just like she just got a really bad night of sleep, so she just needed a couple more hours. But um, I heard mom's going into the city today to go to one of our rental properties um, to go check on it. I think that there was a cleaning done. Um, so one of the tenants moved out and... What kind of house? Uh, one of them. I could name it. You're not going to know it. Um, but anyways, there, there was a cleaner that went in the other day because the tenant moved out and she didn't clean it properly. <laughs> so we hired a cleaner to go in there and to clean it. And mm -hmm. mom needs to go in there to double check that it was done properly. <laughs> Once that's done, mom's going to put a lockbox on the door. Okay. And then we've got a new tenant moving in on the 15th, which is tomorrow. Okay. Goodness gracious. That's why mom's going today. It's because we have a new tenant moving in tomorrow. It was only vacant for 15 days. And vacant means empty. So the person moved out on June 1st. And we have a new person moving in 15 days later on June 15th. So I mean, it was only empty for 15 days. That's pretty good. And did mom tell you that we actually increased the rent? 
we're getting more money for that now, like an extra 200 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for being an amazing uh, co-host, Everly. Good morning, Debbie. Debbie just came in. Do you want to say hi to Debbie? Hi. There you go. Everly is my special co-host today. Um, okay. I'm going to get back to a couple questions here. So I got, I got two separate sets of questions that I want to focus on for today. Uh, one <clears throat> is uh, joint ventures. Ironically, we were talking about building brands and... Um, Joint ventures is something we talk about from time to time. However, uh, we never really dive deep into it. Frankly, like if you haven't taken a joint venture course, um, I would advise that first um, because a lot, or even just a, just a joint venture book, because a lot of the basic questions that people have can be answered just from you know one book, and I can recommend it to you. Um, actually, I will. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to promote... Another coaching program by accident. Um, uh, it was written by um, Don Campbell and and Russell Westcott. It's called Real Estate Joint Ventures: um, The Canadian Investor's Guide to Raising Money and Getting Deals Done. Okay, go read that book. What? Okay. Um, do you want me to repeat it? It's called Joint Ventures um, by D Don Campbell and Russell Westcott. It's a book. You can read it if you want to. We have it. It's um, it's over there on the um, on the bookcase there. Um, that book right there will answer every basic question that you have about joint ventures. Which okay. one? It's. Do you see the books over there? Don't worry about it. Just to focus on the show. Anyways, but uh, you can buy that book. I don't know, twenty, thirty bucks. Um, that will answer most of your questions about joint ventures. So I'm going to, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about joint ventures afterwards. If you guys have any questions about joint ventures, start writing them down right now, um, on a piece of paper and save them for about 15 minutes from now. And I'm going to get back into it, but there is two questions about agreement for sales that came in the other day that I need to answer first. Does mm -hmm. that sound fair? Mm -mm. Okay. You're, you're, you're a ton of help today. No, I'm not. Okay, so uh, three questions. First one, not related to agreement for sales, but uh, the question is, how do we, how do you buy a property with cash? Um, so what you see a lot of people is on, on yellow signs, bandit signs, you see a lot of people online saying, we buy houses for cash. I bought all cash. Um, what that means is that you just, you just didn't get financing. So when you, when you bought a property, um, you go to the lawyers, right? And you bring the lawyer a bank, you don't bring them cash. You, you bring them a bank draft for the full amount of the purchase. And the lawyer will take those funds, deposit them into their trust account and transfer it over to the other lawyer's trust account. And they'll transfer that money to the seller right? For the purchase of the property, whatever the agreed price was. Very simple. You just you use money as opposed to financing. Very, very simple. Now, see, the thing is that most of those yellow signs and most of those things online, Everly, where they say we buy houses for cash, is actually a huge gimmick. Just a huge gimmick to try to attract um, motivated sellers. Because what they're looking for is they're looking for people who, who have cash, who can close quickly, 
Um, someone who's not going to call them up and be like, hey, I'd like to run a conditional offer for two weeks, conditional to financing. They don't want conditional financing. They want to close quickly. So what uh, typically what buyers will say is that I have no financing condition. And that's what buying cash kind of means to most people. Because most people don't have four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 just sitting in the bank account ready to buy a house all cash. That just seems kind of silly, right? So what will typically happen is they'll write an offer um, without the conditions of financing. Now, they can still go get financing, but the offer will not be subject to a condition that says that they were that they require financing. So that's that's what buying cash is all about. Um, if you want to use all cash, all of your cash, then then go for it. It just it's I think it's better to leverage your mortgage. But anyways, you got a better understanding of what that means now. <clears throat> I don't. Oh, you don't for sure, but you will one day. I think just keep listening. Be a sponge, kiddo. Just keep listening to stuff I say, and eventually some of it will stick. And then you'll be 13 years old and you'll be wealthier than me. 14. 14. 14 years old and you'll have more money than me. Great. Hmm? Great. There you go. Great. It's settled. Because I don't like your money. You don't like my money? Well, fine. I'm not buying you chicken nuggets. Nah. You don't like my money. I do. I work hard. I like your money on your debit card. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, second question, how do you come up with a fair market value that you will offer to the seller uh, by way of agreement for sale? Uh, first question is, uh, have you taken an agreement for sale course? Um, very complicated question. Um, just like any just like any deal that you put an offer on. Um you establish a fair price that you think is, is, is that you would like to pay. If the seller accepts it, then the seller accepts it. Now, an agreement for sale is, is where the seller provides you seller financing. So the seller is actually providing you more value than, than just the, um, the typical real estate transaction. They are agreeing to carry financing for you for a period of time. And in an agreement for sale, uh, it's not just the financing that's negotiable. It's also um, the deposit amount. Is, is negotiable as well. Because you don't have to go to a mortgage lender where you would normally have to put a minimum 20% down payment. Um, in some cases with agreement for sales, you can actually negotiate the deposit amount or down payment amount. So <clears throat> each deal is going to be flexible. Each deal is going to be different. And it really depends on the motivation of the seller. And what I mean by motivation, Everly, motivation means how badly do they want to sell? Okay. If they're making good money on this property, right? They got tenants in it. They don't need to move quickly. Then they're not going to be motivated to accept term, you know, terms that wouldn't benefit them. If they're in a situation though, where like they've got no money left, they need to move very quickly. They can't afford the payments anymore. And they're crying they need to move quickly and they can't take care of this house anymore because they don't have money, then they're probably very motivated to just get rid of the house as quickly as possible, right? And they're willing to, to, 
to maybe come up with a deal that can make it more appealing to a buyer to take their house because maybe maybe there's not a whole lot of incentive to buy that properly property <clears throat> maybe that property needs a bit of work it needs to be renovated kind of like the houses that we buy maybe the property um maybe they have a mortgage on it they have a loan on it that is um, very close to what the value of the property is so let's say their house is worth three hundred thousand dollars and they have a mortgage on it for $298,000. Well, they're not going to want to sell it for less than $298,000 because that means that they're going to have to pay the bank the extra money that is owed to pay out that mortgage. So they're kind of in a sticky situation where they can't focus on the price. But what they can do is they can focus on the terms, meaning you know, that they'll carry the mortgage for you for a period of time. A nice low interest rate mortgage. Maybe instead of putting 20% down, you only have to put 5 or 10% down. Maybe you don't have to put any money down, like a lot of the properties that your mom and I bought, right? So this must be putting you to sleep. Yeah. Um, you want a coffee? No? Okay. So when someone is motivated to get out of their house quickly because they have no other options, then in that case, you know, they might be willing to take less money, right? Or they might be willing to offer you terms that can benefit you. But every deal is going to be unique and it depends on the seller. It depends on their situation and depends on their motivation. And you need to have a good conversation with the seller, get them to open up and determine what is the actual motivation here. And what is the problem that I am trying to solve for you? And sellers, they don't, they don't, they don't typically open up that easily. They're very guarded. I'm not telling you anything. That has nothing to do with it. How is that relevant? They're not going to want to tell you because they don't trust you. Now, unless you had a reputable brand, of course. Unless, and when I say a reputable brand, is that you show up like the type of person that they can trust. Not a social media brand, not a website, not a business card, but you show up to that meeting where. It's just like, you know, sometimes you meet some people and it's just like you trust them and other people you don't trust them. You know what I mean? Some people, they show up and you're like, oh, Jesus, could you at least put on a clean pair of pants? Or maybe they, maybe they have dirty shoes or maybe they just walk weird. And we're not trying to be judgmental, Everly. We're not trying to judge people for the way they walk, but just, you know, some people they come in and they just... They have just like really good posture and they speak very clearly. And sometimes they talk with their hands, but not too much. You know what I mean? Or the type of people that just like, you, you, you know people like this. You know people that you're like, oh God, I wish I was more like them, right? So if you walked into a meeting like that where just naturally people trust you, I want you to do a little exercise, guys. I know this is a little side side note, but I want you to think of someone in, in, in your circles, in your life that just like all the opportunities in the world just come to them and you can't understand why you can't understand why, like, just seems like they just are incredibly lucky because everything always falls in their laps. They naturally attract opportunities, jobs, relationships, money, 
what you think about someone like that. And I want you to study them this week. Study why it is that they're so damn lucky. So if that was the type of person that walked into that meeting, then yeah, then maybe they'd be open to it. But what, the, what you're trying to do is you're trying to you're trying to get them to open up a little bit. Uh, and so you can ask the question of like, well, if you don't mind me asking, why is it that you're selling your property? And if you haven't established, you know, trust and, and rapport, then, then what they're probably going to say is, oh, I just need to get out of it. I'm just tired of this property. I just want to sell it. Well, that's not giving you enough information to determine how you should approach your offer, right? So the answer to the question, how do you come up with a fair market value that you will offer to a seller in the way of agreeing for sale is just, it, 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 it depends. <laughs> it depends on the seller. And there is no, there's no cookie cutter approach to it. You literally need to go up to every single seller as a unique new lead. Do not yawn in my show. Oh my God. You need to go to every individual seller as a unique new lead and you need to listen first. Ask good questions and listen. Do you want to take a little break, Everly? Yeah. I have another question about agreement for sales. I'm just going to go to the comments here because I have not been paying attention. Um, Johnny five asks, does agreement for sale help boost the seller's credit since you are helping, since you are making payments on time and in full? Um, yes. Uh, there's, uh, you, you, whenever I hear a question like that, there's like 10 other questions that I, that I want to answer at the same time. Uh, but, uh, but generally speaking, yes, absolutely. Uh, do you think with the interest rates going up, we will see more sellers trying to sell by way of agreement for sale? because they can't afford their mortgages. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, again, just talking about motivation, right? As as new issues, problems uh, come into existence, um, that's our job as investors, or I guess creative investors, is, is to come up with creative solutions. Is to We're problem solvers. I'm going to rewind a little bit. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers, not just real estate, you know, not just wholesalers, not just, you know, creative investors who do a green for sales, rent owns, that kind of stuff. Entrepreneurs in general are problem solvers. We identify problems and we devise solutions and we sell them. That is what we do. That's what entrepreneurs do. We are experts in finding problems and offering solutions. So that's that's a great point, uh, Debbie, because that that just shows that you know how to identify a problem that's coming up. That yes, with interest rates going up and people not being able to afford the payments, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are are stuck. Now, side note: I hope to God that the stress test was done properly because everyone had to be stress tested at like 5.5% interest rate before they were qualified, before they were approved for a mortgage. So in theory, everyone should be able to afford it. That's if the mortgage lenders and mortgage brokers were, you know, were qualifying them properly. And that's if you didn't lie on your mortgage applications, right? That's why they did stress tests. 
is to ensure when interest rates go up again, that people weren't, that wouldn't get in trouble. Try not to swear. Right? They wanted to know that in the event that interest rates went up to five point whatever, that you could still afford the payments. You could still service that debt. So here we are creeping up on it. In theory, we should all be good. But, you know, it's, it's important to say that you got to be careful on, on the personal side on your primary residence not to buy something that you can't afford. Just because you want a $550,000, $600,000 house does not mean that you, are ent- that you are entitled to it, that you deserve it, that you can afford it. Most families can't. Most families cannot afford a $2,000 mortgage payment. You heard it here first. Most families can't, not unless you got a double income. A double income over $200,000. I'm telling you right now that $500,000 house with 5% down is not affordable. I've done the math, right? Do you like math, Everly? No. You just said yes yesterday. I freaking love No, I actually don't. You lied to the people? (laughs) You lied on the show? You know what that does? That ruins your credibility. Me kidding. And that is that is a huge rust stain on your brand. Me kidding. Me kidding. I like math. I freaking love math too. But I only like pluses and minuses. Multiplication. No. Um, Cody says you can pay your mortgage if you have no other payments. Never agreed with the value of a house they told me I could buy. That's just dangerous. What dangerous? Buying houses you can't afford. Right? It's too risky. Okay. Um, the last question here. What, what time is it now? Okay, perfect. Uh, the last question we had here um, about agreement for sales, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that's my favorite, right? That's my favorite strategy. That's, That's my expert. favorite word. It's my favorite three words. Yep. Um, we don't do them as much anymore. Oh, we still do it. We still do it on the selling side. Um, do you consider neighborhoods before you offer an agreement for sale? Do you only do it in a good neighborhood? So the fundamentals of real estate investing, if you're buying a property by way of agreement for sale as a rental property, so keeping it long-term, the the fundamentals of how to choose a property still apply. You still need to buy in a good market. You still want cash flow. You still want to buy in a good neighborhood, right? You want some upside, ideally, maybe an up-and-coming neighborhood. You want good tenant profile, right? You want to be close to amenities, right? So you still have to consider all of that when you are buying a property, even if it is with seller financing or agreement for sale. Now, here's the thing. Beggars can't be choosers. All of that, I, all of that is, is true. And also beggars can't be choosers. What does that mean? Beggars can't be choosers. How do I explain that? It means that if you really, really, really want something, 
You need something. I really, 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 really need food. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. If I don't eat the food, I'm going to die. And I hand you a banana and you're like, oh, no, I want a fruit roll up. I'm like, well, no, if you're going to die, eat the banana. And you're like, no, I'd rather ice cream. Well, you're begging for food that you're going to die. But at the same time, now you're getting all choosy being like, no, the only thing I'm going to eat is ice cream. So that's what beggars can't be choosers mean. Meaning if you are like, I really, really, really need a property. I have no money. I've got no joint venture prospects. I just want an agreement for sale. And then someone offers you an agreement for sale, zero money down in a, in a C-class neighborhood for a seven-year term. And you're like, eh, well, that's not the neighborhood that I want. And it's negative $100 a month. No, I'll wait for the next one. Well, there won't be a next one. Because agreement for sale opportunities, they, it, 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 you can't just find them every day. It all depends on the seller and their motivations. So there is no, there's no, there's no magic system to like convincing a seller to sell to you by way of agreement for sale. It is a solution to a problem. And the only opportunities that are out there are the ones that are attached to a problem. And those problems, they do not, they don't always come in a good neighborhood. They don't always come in a bad neighborhood. They just show up wherever the opportunity is. So as you put out your marketing, you know, to find leads, to find sellers with a specific type of problem that you can solve using this tool we call agreement for sale, you don't know what the neighborhood's going to be. And if you keep passing up on opportunities because you're like, ah, it's negative $200 a month or, ah, it's, that's not, I only want to buy in these three neighborhoods, then you're never going to find properties. So a lot of the agreement for sales that you and your mom and I did, they're not our first choice for a rental property. In fact, they're probably our second last choice for a rental property, hmm. right? A two-bedroom townhouse in a C-class neighborhood. Do you think that I would buy that with my own money and a mortgage? Absolutely not, right? If I'm using my own money or my joint venture partner's money, I'm going to buy in the best neighborhood with the best cash flow, getting the best return on investment. However, if an opportunity presents itself and, uh, and the seller is willing to offer 10 years or they will carry the mortgage with zero money down and it's negative $100 a month in cash flow, but it's going to profit $120,000 over the next 10 years for zero money down. Do you think I'll take that opportunity? Yes, 100 times. Yes, it's not a good cash flow property, but I don't have to put any money into it. It's zero money down. So if that means I need to set aside $100 every month towards that property, absolutely I'll do it. Because when you're doing agreement for sales, there is a new factor that needs to be taken into account into the formula, and that's opportunity. I'm giving you like a $3,000 agreement for sale extended course today, by the way. So like I would highly recommend saving this episode and, and, and really listening to it a couple times because I don't talk about this stuff normally. 
the value, the true value in an agreement for sale is the opportunity value. And that needs to be taken into account into your formula. Because normally people are just looking at the rent, the expenses, the cash flow, the mortgage pay down, the appreciation, right? And then the, the, the neighborhood, the tenant profile. But in this situation, you need to add in the opportunity factor to the formula. And the opportunity that comes with not having to put any money down and not having to qualify for a mortgage, it, it's, it's significant. I actually created an agreement for sale deal analyzer years ago. Um, Donna McGuire has it. She, she offers it sometimes um, as an incentive, as a bonus to her courses. But what it did was I, I established, I quantified um, a measurable value to opportunity. And it was a very simple system that was just based off a of scale where each individual value had, sorry, each individual um, part of a deal had a value, like a scoring system, it was out of 10. And so that you can just basically just like click off different things, part of the deal, like, you know, townhouse, break even cash flow, five years of, you know, seller financing, 5% down, and you just click all these different boxes and it would determine whether it was a good deal or not. It was, it was, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, I really, but it was actually a really cool, it was really, really valuable. Um, but once you, once you figure out the true value of the opportunity that comes with agreement for sales, you'll start looking at them differently and you'll start realizing that that two bedroom townhouse, you know, the negative cash flow is actually a really good deal because of the fact that the seller is carrying a mortgage for you at a low interest rate for 10 years and you didn't have to put any money down. Do you think I answered the question good or no? What? Hmm? What? Do you think it was a good answer to the question or? What answer to the question? Well, the question was, do, do you consider neighborhoods before you offer an agreement for sale agreements? It was boring. It was boring. <laughs> do you only do it in good neighborhoods? So the answer is no, I don't. But I hope that this, this, this very thorough explanation gives you a better understanding of how to analyze agreement for sale opportunities. Um, Who said one last one? Did I? Yeah. Oh, it was one last question before I got into joint ventures, but now we're at this weird spot where like joint ventures is, mm, depends on if there's a question in there already. Um, what? It depends on if there's a question in the comments already, then determine the, the, the direction that we go for the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jeremy says the ROI on a no money down deal is very high. It's uh, by definition, it's actually infinite. It's infinite. It's infinity and beyond. What does that mean? You never saw Toy Story? Yeah. You don't remember Buzz Lightyear? He goes infinity and beyond. Yeah. Again, they can't see you doing that, but... Um, <laughs> Infinity means it goes on forever. <clears throat> when Jeremy says, um, when we talk about the ROI, the returning your investment and being infinite, mm -hmm. that means that infinity means that it will literally go on forever. That goes it, on forever. Hmm? What goes on forever? Your profits. 
your return on your investment. It's a little complicated, I know. This is this house gonna stay forever? Uh, maybe a hundred years. But what if it catches a fire? Well, if it catches on fire, then they'll rebuild it. Yay! Do not wish for that. It's bad juju. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, well, you know what? Here's a good example of, of in, infinity. Space is infinite. You know outer space? Yeah. Infinite. It's always growing. It's always continuously expanding. It will go on forever. As far as we know. There's a black hole up there. There is a black hole. Yeah. And you'll die in there. Yeah, no one's going to the black hole. Astronauts. Well, for crying out loud, kid. <laughs> well, for crying out loud. Um, I think that you were a better co-host yesterday. <laughs> I also think that you get uh, a lot more comfortable towards like the 45-minute mark where you start actually talking. Whereas in the beginning, you don't talk at all. So, um, Jeremy asks, how can I figure out if it's a good neighborhood? Um well, there's a guy on Instagram that keeps doing neighborhood analysis videos. Uh, I think you should go check him out. Um, it's Jeremy. Mm. He does videos on that. Mm-hmm. He does videos on on neighborhood analysis. So just go follow him, Everly. Do you have Instagram? No. <laughs> ah, okay. Mom does. Uh, Jeremy says, sounds good. I'll go check him out. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, market research is, is, is a completely different, very long topic, but, um, you want to be looking at, um, where the direction of the neighborhood is going, you know, is there lots of builds happening is, uh, it, it, are things being, being built around it, infrastructure, amenities, right? What does, what does the, what does the neighborhood look like? Is there a lot of people pushing shopping carts? And, and, and... Who? Okay, this is hard to explain to a seven-year-old. I don't know! Is there a lot of just people just walking around your neighborhood? Or is it a quiet neighborhood with, like, lots of nice, beautiful, mature trees and, and families and, you know what I mean? And... Do lots of families live there or is it lots of young people partying, throwing beer bottles? That's how you like, that's how you determine whether it's a good neighborhood. Is it somewhere where you can, you know, feel comfortable? We want quiet neighborhoods. I love quiet neighborhoods. I hate our neighborhood. It's too noisy. I don't like our neighbors. I can agree with that one. You and I can agree on that one. I don't like the people across the street. Why? Because they're too noisy? Yeah, they're always having parties, like on weeknights. Yeah. They love karaoke. I didn't know that. Do you know what karaoke is? Yeah. Yeah, they love doing karaoke on weeknights. Yeah, it's terrible. With their windows open because they don't have air conditioning. They don't have air conditioning, so they keep their windows open on hot summer nights. And they sing, you know. Why did they don't have air conditioning? I don't know. People are weird. How could you not have air conditioning? Right? It's too hot. They should uh, have built that house with air conditioning. Well, a lot of new builders, they don't they don't add things like that because it costs too much money. They want to keep the house as cheap as possible. So most people add air conditioning themselves. Like we bought our air conditioning. 
frightened. Well, I think everyone should have it. It's too hot. Summer nights? Oh, God. When it's over 20 degrees? I know. Turn the house cold. Yeah, you need air conditioning to do that. Yeah. But if you don't have it, then you just open up all your windows. I know, but the hot air will come in if you have the lights on. Yeah, I suppose. It really depends on what time of day it is, too, right? Whether the sun's coming in or not. Don't roll your eyes at me. I'm putting my eyes up. <laughs> um, Annette has a comment. She says, Mogul Realty has a map of Edmonton with neighborhood blurbs that I used when I first started and wasn't familiar with Edmonton neighborhoods. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great place to start as well. Um, just start one neighborhood at a time. You know? Like, for the longest time, we, your mom and I, we only focused on Mill Woods. Because, you know, there's a lot of research being done at that particular time about Mill Woods because the new LRT system was coming in. And there was just a lot of good content on it. And... And at that particular time, that particular, we were, we were working on adding secondary suites, like adding basement suites. So it just, and that's where the best place to do it was at that particular time. So we just learned lots about that neighborhood. And then we just stayed in that neighborhood. And then we had an opportunity to buy a rental property in Leduc. So we did a lot of research on Leduc, right? And then we just started buying lots in Leduc. Lots of what? Rental properties. So, you know, just, just start with what you know. To be honest, if, if anyone asked me about the northwest of Edmonton, I would not have any information for you. I just don't know. it. But if an opportunity came up, I would do my research. But you don't have to be an expert on all neighborhoods. Not unless you're Jeremy. Jeremy is an expert on all neighborhoods. But um, truthfully, for the next five years, you're not going to be buying that many properties anyway. So let's just be honest. Not Jeremy, just, just everyone else in general. Unless you're an absolute monster, you're probably only going to be buying three to five properties in the next five years. I mean, go ahead and prove me wrong and, 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 and clip this recording. And in and, and five years, I want you to come back and say like, hey, Wayne, remember when you said I was only going to buy three to five properties? Look at this. Feel free to prove me wrong. Absolutely. But uh, the majority of you um, do not have what it takes. Did that come across a little mean? What? Did my comment? I don't know. Okay. I wasn't Truth is, it's, it's partially true. I because I've it. seen enough people come and go through our, our networks that have big, huge goals. And they say they're going to do all these things. And then they don't. Which is fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think less of anyone for it. But I'm just, I'm being real because I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't BS. Do you know what BS stands for? Save for another day. I don't BS. No. It stands for bullshit. <laughs> I don't bullshit people. I don't tell them things that aren't true. And the truth is, is that most people that are listening will not achieve their goals because they, they're, they're not, they're not cut out for it, which is fine. Bye. You don't, you don't, you don't criticize people. You don't judge them for it. There's no judgment here, but I love being proven wrong. I absolutely love being proven wrong. I love when people come back and say, hey, I know, remember when you said this? Look at that. Because you know what? Truthfully, this comment right here might be the comment that 
actually really, really, really affects you. You know what I mean? This might be a quote unquote kind of rock bottom moment for you. Like Wayne said this to me and it really hurt my feelings. Now I'm going to show him. I've said this in the past. I actually saw this clip just recently. I can't remember where I saw it on something that I said, but I said that I would rather, I would rather someone hate me and be successful than everyone love me. Yeah, that's fine. I would rather people hate me and use it as fuel to prove me wrong than for everyone to love me. And I'm totally okay with that. I've had some people that I, you know, that I've helped in the past where I gave them honest feedback and they did not like it and they have gone to do really great things now. And, you know, did I keep them as a coaching client? No, no. But did they go and do amazing things? Yes. And I think that's more important, right? So hopefully, you know, there's someone here today that, that, you know, that decides to prove me wrong that they're going to go out and do some amazing things. But for the majority of you, I don't think you're going to be buying more than three to five properties next five years. So the point was that I was focused on before was that you don't need to be an expert in every single neighborhood in every single city. Just focus on one or two neighborhoods, three neighborhoods, and just get to know them and, and just look for opportunities there. I did that. Okay. Yes. Did you know that I don't have to play soccer in the rain? Oh, is it soccer today? Yeah. Oh, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's definitely going to be probably not a whole heck of a lot of soccer this week at all. But that's um, that's our show today. Um, Jeremy in the comments says, I definitely try to prove you wrong. Um, Kirsten says, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, Debbie says, there's a challenge. Um, Debbie also says, what a great co-host, Wayne. Teach them young. Yeah, all I'm teaching her is more swear words. <laughs> and do not. You're already at five. <laughs> yep. I um, I just, you know, I, I know you well enough, kiddo, to know that um, you know that it's not right to say it at school. And if you I ever find out you're saying it at school... Um, very angry because you go to a Catholic school. I mean, you'll get suspended for that. And I don't get to wear a uniform. Yeah, it's true. No uniforms at this Catholic school. But, um, yeah, you also know that it's not right to say it. But... Say a bad word. Sorry? Say a bad word. No, I'm not going to say a bad word. Yes. No. <laughs> what what bad word do you want me to say? Say a bad word. You say a bad word. You say a bad word. You say a bad word and that will end the show. You say a bad word. Okay, rock, paper, scissors. Whoever loses has to say a bad word. Ready? <laughs> no. Ready? No. The show's over. We got to hurry up and do this. No. The loser of rock, paper, scissors has to say a swear word. It's very simple. You'll probably beat me. Here you go. No. Rock. No. All right. No swear words. He died. He died. Yes. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing this game. There's people <laughs> waiting for me to say things. Um, uh, Patrick says, I love Everly's honesty. Her biggest reaction wasn't to swear words. It was the word hate. He said that he noticed that 
you weren't bothered by the word fuck or bullshit. You were, you were really bothered when I said hate. Yeah. Because hate is worse almost, right? Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to hate people. And I don't hate anybody that I was talking about a minute ago. Yes, you did. No, I said I'm not hating and I'm not judging. Well, you said something about hate. I can't remember what I said. Um, and that says that she she teaches at Catholic schools. Yeah, she's a teacher. But okay, so you don't want to do the the swear word, rock paper scissors? Last chance. I'm turning the show off. In five, four. You say bye three, bye. Two, one, butt butt. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 